What's up, divers? We are continuing our talk on wide receivers that are coming into this year's draft as we get ready for our dynasty rookie drafts and the like. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Deep Dive FF. That's Deep Dive FF on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. And you can check out the website, Deep Dive Fantasy I'm your host, Brandon Gabor. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gabor. That's Brandon like the city. Gabor, G-H-A-B-B-O-U-R. Let's get into it. All right, so first off, I released the last episode and I titled it Top 5 Wide Receivers. Well, I guess I should have not titled it that because the first wide receiver I'm going to start us off with today has entered my top five. So from now on, I'm just going to go by the receivers I'm talking about as rankings may change, especially after the combine, after interviews, stuff like that. So to start us off, we have T. Higgins. I absolutely love T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a monster. He's 6'4", 215 out of Clemson. He was catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. I have a sick NFL comparison to him, and the person that I compare him to is somebody that was elite in the fantasy football realm when I first got into fantasy football, but I'm going to save that till the end. So to start off with T. Higgins, let's talk about his strengths. I find myself liking him a lot more than most other analysts, and that's probably due to the fact that I don't think anyone other than C.D. Lamb can rival him in terms of ball skills. T. Higgins can catch anything and everything. He has back shoulder fades, sliding grabs, high points the ball in traffic, leaps over defenders to save badly thrown balls that would be an interception and turning it into a highlight. He has sideline toe taps and one-handed snags. Should I continue? This guy is great. He has good footwork and a nice jab step, both before the catch to get open and after to get more yards. He makes defenders miss, although it's not an elite trait of his. He has ideal size, and once he packs some more muscle on his frame, he could have one of the bodies that we all love in Julio Jones, AJ Green, Mike Evans. He could have one of those dominant wide receiver bodies. He is, dare I say, elite with his contested catches, 50-50 balls, and body contortions and control. Strength is already an attribute of his, but he's lean, so that could become even greater when he packs on muscle. You can argue his hands are just as good or better than C.D. Lamb's, making him top two in this year's class in that department. He has the wow factor, and the more of him you watch, the more of him you like. He high points the ball and mosses defenders regularly. He has tremendous ball tracking skills and adjusts to the course of the ball better than just about anyone. His catch radius is also huge and makes up for a lot of bad passes. After the catch, he plays strong and will not shy away from contact. He has a decent array of moves to make you miss, but he's more of a stiff arm and run through tackles kind of guy. So those are his strengths. Let's move on to his concerns. And I do want to start us off with something. A lot of people have started to grow hesitant on the receivers that are dominant when the ball is in the air and are just great at catching everything and lack separation skills. I am high on T. Higgins and I still follow this philosophy. The thing for me is T. Higgins, you still see enough separation and he's not slow. He's got good speed, especially for his size. He's not any slower than a Mike Evans. He's not any slower 
than other big receivers that are his size that are successful in the NFL. Um, and just somebody that I used to, that I, that I had the idea that a lot of people look at T. Higgins with and their concerns that he might not be able to get open in the NFL, thus making his contested catch ability and stuff basically the only thing that he has and thus might not make him successful. Somebody that I thought this way of was Laquan Treadwell. And obviously I was I was right about that. Obviously I'm not trying to hype myself up. I'm just saying that I have had those concerns about people and I don't have these concerns with T. Higgins. So when we saw it with Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, I could see that he wasn't getting open. He wasn't a great route runner. He didn't have speed to get open, especially when everyone gets more athletic in the NFL and the corners that you face. But I think T. Higgins, his combination of speed and size is going to be just fine. And that's why I have him as high as I do. All right, moving to the regular concerns. While all his strengths and elite traits come during the process of catching the ball and what happens after that, like I said, he could use some improvement in route running. He he sometimes uses the jab step with the wrong foot and slows down his route or has a bad release. During his releases, he can struggle with his hands and body manipulation. What I mean by body manipulation is like head fakes and what direction you lean your body to set up the defender. He needs to become more physical with physical corners as he has the size to do so. He's a bit lean and could add more muscle to better handle the bigger, more physical men he will see in the NFL. He's not super quick, like I said, although he has good long speed as he's expected to run in the four fives. He's not an engaged blocker and may not become great at that. Overall, these concerns are easily fixable with proper coaching and he has a ceiling as high as anyone. All right, I'm just going to come out with my NFL comparison now that you've heard the strengths and concerns. My NFL comparison for T. Higgins is Brandon Marshall. When I first got into fantasy football, Brandon Marshall was the dude. It was him, Roddy White, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Matt Forte. We had those guys. Those were the elite guys in fantasy, some of them. Calvin Johnson's another one that uh, just dominated the realm of fantasy football and so I really got into Brandon Marshall, and I love Brandon Marshall. And this is who T. Higgins reminds me of, and I don't say that um, easily. Like, I, I wouldn't compare somebody to Brandon Marshall, somebody that I hold so highly, especially he's such a great person, too, and very intelligent to talk talk with and uh, listen to on TV. So I hold him in high regard. So for me to compare T. Higgins to Brandon Marshall, I really, really like T. Higgins. And he has the potential to be like a Brandon Marshall. So let's move into his landing spots. Higgins is one of the biggest receivers in this draft. This draft is a little more on the fast, smaller receiver side of things. Um, but yeah, Higgins is one of the biggest ones in this draft. And he is a mistake eraser. I'll say that again, a mistake eraser, much like C.D. Lamb. He's someone that inaccurate quarterbacks will find themselves indebted to often, and thus he would be a great fit for teams in need of a big receiver with a massive catch radius who can adjust to any ball. For me, T. Higgins absolutely screams Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen would receive an upgrade for me if he landed here, as would the offense of the Buffalo Bills in general. Other teams that could use him include the Raiders, 49ers, and really any team that needs a receiver but these teams I mentioned would especially benefit from a big receiver type. The Raiders, they have Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro. They have speed and they have route running. They need that big receiver. 
T. Higgins would be great for the Raiders. The 49ers, they have Debo Samuel. They have George Kittle, who's obviously a beast. And then their other receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, we don't know if he's going to be back. Um, and then, man, who are the other guys? Not Dante Pettis. They don't even play him anymore for some reason. Uh, Marquise Goodwin. And then, you know, they have those fast receivers. They only have the one big body in George Kittle. T. Higgins would be perfect for the 49ers. And then, like I said, the Bills, I think it makes the most sense for him to go here. I could easily see him being their first-round pick if he's on the board. Because Josh Allen, let's face it, he's not the most accurate quarterback. And T. Higgins is going to give them something in the receiving game they don't really have. They tried it with Kelvin Benjamin when they brought him in because of his big size. But Kelvin Benjamin has just not been good. T. Higgins is good. And T. Higgins is much more athletic than Kelvin Benjamin is. And he would provide the big-bodied receiver that Josh Allen needs to clean up some of those bad balls. While John Brown takes the top off the defense with his speed. And then you got Cole Beasley coming out the slot and giving him the short dump-offs. It would be a perfect receiving core, in my opinion, for Josh Allen. So, lastly, like I said, my comparison for T. Higgins is one of the guys that were top dog in fantasy when I first got into it, Brandon Marshall. So, you've heard the strengths and concerns, but specifically, here are some of the things I love that make me think of Brandon Marshall. They have similar body types, especially once T. Higgins packs on muscle. They have very similar ball skills, very similar play styles, and they are both completely dominant. And T. Higgins, much like Brandon Marshall, both of them possess the ability to make somebody miss, but they don't do it in terms of like a Tyree Kill-esque type of make you miss or an Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham. It's not to that level. It's more of the I'm bigger and stronger than you. I don't need to make you miss. I'll stiff arm you to the floor. I'll run you over, something like that. But I can also hit a cutback or a spin if I need to in certain situations. So that's T. Higgins. Um, his best season was this past season in 2019 with Trevor Lawrence. In 15 games, he had 59 receptions, 100, or sorry, excuse me, 1,167 yards, and 14 touchdowns. One of those was rushing. And that's T. Higgins for you. My number four receiver now after um, going through a couple more receivers and moving them up. All right, moving into the next receiver we're going to talk about, Justin Jefferson. Out of LSU, he's 6'3", 192. He was with Joe Burrow this season. Some of his strengths, he's a tall, lengthy receiver with decent speed and a great catch radius. He maximizes his length and radius when he plucks the ball from the air and tight coverage. His body control, torque, and flexibility are all close to elite, and this leads to him routinely bringing in inaccurate balls and securing first downs. He is a solid short and intermediate route runner that can create decent separation. He plays with toughness and with his height and speed combo, he can provide the occasional downfield threat. His awareness is exceptional and he is one of the receivers you would want during broken down plays as he has a knack for finding the open parts of the field and providing an easy completion for the scrambling quarterback. A lot of people compare him to Tyler Boyd, but for the sake of variation and slight difference in opinion, I think Marvin Jones is another great comparison. While his routes and slot dominance is more like Tyler Boyd, the way he contorts his body and gets after the ball is very Marvin Jones-esque to me. Jefferson would be the perfect number two receiver in an offense, most especially from the slot, much like he was at LSU, with Jamar Chase being the wide receiver one. 
Some concerns that I have about Justin Jefferson, he has a light frame for his size. He's only 192, although he's 6'3". Remember, we were just talking about T. Higgins is one inch taller and almost 20 pounds heavier, 25 pounds heavier. So he's got a, a small frame. He struggles releasing versus tight press coverage, and he's not great at boxing out and holding his position on deep balls that aren't hitting him in stride. So whenever I see passes coming to him that are deep balls or he has somebody on his hip, he's great at plucking it out of the air and just pulling in these difficult catches. But the thing is, if it's sitting in the air and he has to adjust and fight for his position, that's where he definitely could use work. He also needs to get better working both outside of the slot and near the sidelines. His speed is good, but he won't run away from athletic corners, and he isn't extremely elusive to get yards after the catch, but he does well with fighting contact and staying on his feet, despite being that of a lighter NFL player, or soon-to-be NFL player. Some landing spots for Justin Jefferson. So first off, I do like Justin Jefferson a bit more than other people do, and it makes sense because I have always been higher on both of the people that I told you were his comparisons before. I've always been higher on Tyler Boyd than everyone else, which is who a lot of other analysts like to compare him to. I've also been higher on Marvin Jones than everyone else through his career, and that's who my comparison for Justin Jefferson is. I think the best fit for him would be to complete the Seahawks receiving core where he can work the slot with Lockett and Metcalf on the outside. And that'd be perfect because Metcalf is the big, strong, physical, intimidating receiver that you have. And he's also very fast, straight line speed wise. Then you have Lockett, who's just a burner in every facet of the game. And he's a smaller guy who opens up the back end of the defense and makes it easier to work the middle. And then that's where Jefferson can dominate in the short and intermediate area, which is what he did at LSU. He would also be a good compliment to Devontae Adams in Green Bay. If he makes it to the second round, I would think the Bengals would love the thought of, obviously they're going Burrow at number one overall. So if he, Jefferson is there at pick 33 overall, the first pick in the second round, I would think that the Bengals would just love the idea of bringing the receiver that dominated with Joe Burrow in college into his his NFL career and keeping them both with Cincinnati. But when you think about it, that would mean that either Tyler Boyd or Justin Jefferson would have to run outside. Um, so they would have to run outside. They can both be in the slot. Um, unless the one thing that they could do is um, the offensive coordinator could build a scheme kind of like Kingsbury did in Arizona where they had a double slot scheme where sometimes they would have Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald both running in the slot on opposite sides. You could do something like that, but that's not something that you can do consistently. So that would be the one thing I think preventing Justin Jefferson from going to the Bengals, unless the Bengals either believe that they could develop him on the outside or they could move Boyd to the outside. But Boyd has been dominant in the slot, so I don't think that that's the case, and Jefferson has been good in the slot. So I don't think they would try and develop their rookie in an area of the game that he's not very familiar with. So that's might just be a pipe dream. But this past season was Justin Jefferson's best season. It was 15 games that he played and he had 111 receptions, 1,540 yards, and 18 touchdowns. Like I said, he played with Burrow 
As we know, Burrow had a 16 touch, 60 touchdown campaign. Um, the best, one of the best seasons ever, if not the best season ever in college football for a quarterback. And yeah, it was Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson most of the time. And by the way, side note, Jamar Chase is coming out next year and I cannot wait for that. But Justin Jefferson is a guy I really like too. Compare him to Marvin Jones. I think it's a good way to think about him, especially with his uh, landing spots. And yeah, that's Mar- uh, that's Justin Jefferson for you. And the next wide receiver on my list that we're going to go over today, he's, as of right now, rankings can change the more people I evaluate. But as of right now, KJ Hamler is my number eight receiver just behind Justin Jefferson, who's at seven. KJ Hamler is a super quick and twitchy athlete that plays with a spring in his step. He's 5'9", 176. He's fast and likely to run in the four threes, although he does not have elite long speed. His quickness, burst, and start-stop ability are elite, however, and this translates to great yards after the catch. He runs good routes with quick cuts and breaks and gets defenders turned in the wrong direction. His field vision is also good, and combined with his elusiveness and change of direction, he's extremely dangerous with the ball in his hands. He has incredible foot speed and is always a threat to score. Some concerns. If I'm honest, I'm not nearly as excited about Hamler as a prospect as a lot of others. As you can see in my ranking, a lot of people have him closer to like five, six, seven. I have him at eight right now, and he might move even farther back when I go over a couple more receivers. Um, He doesn't have great hands, and he catches some balls with his body. Due to his size, he can't use his body to shield defenders away from the ball or box them out. He's not very physical and does not high point balls often. He doesn't break tackles, although he's very good at avoiding being touched. He struggles versus press and against physical corners. His contact bounce is not great either, and blocking will not be something he can contribute effectively to a team. So for some landing spots, I think KJ Handler could be a very good complement in certain offenses. I'm not just down on the guy in general. I'm just down on him compared to other people. I still like him. He's still a good prospect. I think he would be a fine second-round pick. Um, Hopefully not too high of a second-round pick, though. He is a very specific type of player that will need a role carved out for him, so I wouldn't trust him if he lands in a place with subpar coaching. The best fit for him right now, in my opinion, would be New Orleans, where he can get bubble screens, work in the slot, open up the offense with his speed, and just be used how a player like him can be used. The Saints have shown that they can build plays for unique players, such as Taysom Hill and Kamara's receiving skills. And so this would be the best spot for Hamler for me. Um, His best season was in 2019, so the year that just finished. He had 56 receptions, 904 yards, and 8 touchdowns in 13 games. So it's pretty, pretty good, pretty respectable line. Um, and he was came from Penn State. My NFL comparison for him, and do not take this in any way as a slight. Um, let me just get into it before you react. But his NFL comparison to me is Jakeem Grant. So a lot of you might not even know who that is. Jakeem Grant is a smaller, faster, quick-twitch athlete that plays for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I'm actually not sure if he's a Dolphin. I don't know what his status is this offseason. But he has been a Dolphin over the past... Um, years and he gets used in kick the kick return game much like Hamler can be effective in 
He's small, fast. He doesn't make great catches. He catches with his body sometimes. There's just a lot of similarities to Hamler. But I do not mean when I compare him to Jakeem Grant that I think he's going to have the lack of success that Jakeem Grant has had. Um, I like Jakeem Grant. I think he's pretty good. And he's had some pretty outstanding highlights. You could even type in Jakeem Grant highlights on YouTube. And like a four-minute, five-minute clip comes up. And that's pretty impressive in the NFL for somebody that most people have never heard of. But I like Jakeem Grant more than other people do. But that's my NFL comparison for KJ Hamler. If you don't like it, you can throw out your own comparisons. But personally, that's the one I like to go with. And that's KJ Hamler. So the next guy is Brandon Ayuk. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his last name. He's six foot, 201. He's from ASU. That's where Nikhil Harry came from last year. My NFL comparison for Brandon Ayuk is Brashad Perriman. So Brashad Perriman was a former first-round wide receiver. He didn't work out with the Ravens. He went to the Browns, didn't work out with the Browns, came to the Bucks this year. My Bucks, go Tampa Bay. Don't hate. Um, and he balled out once Godwin and Evans got hurt and he was saw a huge spike in playing time. Rashad Perriman all of a sudden went from being our number three or four option, depending on whether you would say he was the third or O.J. Howard was the third. He went from being the Bucks' fourth option or third option to being the number one option in maybe like two weeks between the Evans and Godwin's injuries. And the back half of the season, he completely balled out. He is very similar to Brandon Ayuk, I think, because... There's, they both have very similar size. They're both fast. They're both quick, but neither of them have super great elusiveness. Um, some people will tell you Brandon Ayuk is super elusive. I don't really see it. I think he's fast and can run away from guys and knows how to take angles, but he's not somebody that I see hitting jukes, hitting cutbacks, hitting spins, hitting all of these, you know, f- false steps. Um, you know, he, he just doesn't have the array of moves that I see in guys like Jerry Judy Jalen Rager, you know, those kind of guys. He doesn't have that many moves. He's just more fast, in my opinion, kind of like Prashad Perriman is. So Ayuk is, like I said, a receiver who's very fast. He also has decent size at six foot, um, and his speed to go along with six foot is very, very good attribute to have. And he also has good burst with his speed, so his acceleration is good. He flourishes in space and after the catch. He fights through tackles for extra yards and shows further physicality when asked to block. Brandon has decent elusiveness and is getting good um or and is good at getting yards after the catch. His routes are good enough and he tracks the deep ball well, providing a good deep threat. Once again, just like Rashad Perriman. He will likely run in the four threes or low four fours. Um if I had to guess, I would probably peg him at like four three eight. But Sometimes it's hard to tell, especially with the guys running and not in straight lines. But yeah, I would peg him at like 4-3-8. Some concerns. I'm not sold on Ayuk as a first-round prospect. Um, Some people have him going to like Green Bay. And it does make sense to me. I do think that would be a good fit for him. But just in terms of where I think he should be picked, not where I think he will get picked, I don't think he's a first-round prospect. Um, I like Nikhil Harry better than him, and Nikhil Harry was like the last pick of the first round last year. So um, I do see good potential in him, but I'm not sold 
on his first round value. As of now, he struggles heavily with press coverage, especially against more physical corners. His releases need work and routes sometimes get away from him while getting tripped up, contacting the corners too much, causing his timing to be off as well as his refinement. And what I mean by refinement is just like precision on the route, like when he's supposed to cut, where on the field he's supposed to be exactly, stuff like that. His hands are also a work in progress and he's not very aggressive to get to catches. These combine in him being a subpar contested catch receiver, although he has shown some nice grabs to showcase the, that the trait could be developed. That's also something that screams Brashad Perryman to me because Brashad Perryman is not really a contested catch receiver, but then all of a sudden he has shown some flashes. I mean, this is his fourth or fifth year in the NFL that he just finished with the Bucks, but he had some sideline grabs over the defender and he had some one in the back of the end zone that was a nice contested catch. So it's not something that he thrives on, but it's something that he can definitely do, especially if challenged. And I think Ayuk has the potential to do that. Um, so yeah, with the speed and similar size and similar strengths and lacking great hands and not great versus tough corners, that, that's a lot of Brashad Perriman to me um, about Brandon Ayuk. And so some landing spots... Space, uh, he needs good space, and he's best working out of the slot as his perimeter skills need work. Green Bay may be a good fit considering Devontae Adams and um, Alan Lazard can occupy the outside, and then you can just slide Brandon Ayuk right into the slot, and then it, it gives them that speed that they need in that offense because Adams and Lazard, especially Lazard, are not fast fast guys. Adams has good speed for his size, but they don't have that burner, and uh, you could give them that. The Saints also seem um, like a place people are interested in putting Ayuk, but I think that's the most unlikely because Thomas and Kamara are both like very fast and just they're just similar. And I don't really think they're going to spend... If they're going to spend a pick on a, a receiver, I think it's going to be somebody of a higher caliber than Brandon Ayuk, maybe like a LaVisca Chenault. Or, like I said, a KJ Handler even, because I like him more than Ayuk. But the Saints need a win this year, and Ayuk also needs more um, development to be... Like, that's part of what you're drafting is his potential. Um, and I don't think the Saints are really intrigued by potential right now, because assuming Breeze returns for one last ride, they're in win-now mode more than any other team in the league. So... I think that because, you know, they don't have a backup, they don't even have a quarterback plan yet. We don't know what they're doing with uh, if they actually believe in Taysom Hill, like we're hearing right now. I mean, he hasn't really played quarterback, quarterback. Um, so we don't know how that's going to work. And then Teddy Bridgewater, we don't know if he's going to be with the Saints. And if they're keeping Taysom Hill, I would bet that he's not with the Saints because he's took less money to stay with them. And I'm sure in the back of his head or maybe even vocally to the coaches and GM and stuff, he was staying so that he could take the mantle from Breeze once Breeze retires. And if all of a sudden they're they're thinking about Taysom Hill being their guy, I'm sure Teddy Bridgewater is kind of frustrated about that. He's probably going to leave anyway. They're probably not going to pay him anyways, regardless of that fact. But that's just my thoughts on what Teddy Bridgewater is thinking. But that's besides the point. Um, I think the Saints are just an unlikely spot. So whenever you see him mocked there, I would probably just Put him somewhere else. Just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and that's Brendan Ayuk for you. His best season was also 2019 um, in 12 games. 
He had 65 receptions, um, almost 1,200 yards, eight yards short of it, and eight touchdowns. So that's pretty good. He had pretty much 100 yards per game. And you don't see that with many college receivers, but he's also one of the few targets in that offense. And it's a lot due to his speed, um, just breaking away and getting like open passes and open space and just taking it to the house. Um, and yeah, that's Brennan Ayuk for you. The last receiver I'm going to go over today in this podcast is Jawan Jennings. He's out of Tennessee. He's 6'3", 206. He's one of the bigger receivers in this draft. Jawan is a big physical receiver that will run you over. He has good strength and elevates with utter determination on every play. This guy gives his all on every single play. This includes his non-wide receiver duties as he's a great blocker. Jennings has a big catch radius and is very aggressive going after the ball, which contributes to his good 50-50 contested catch skills. With the ball in his hands, he's a tough guy to bring down, and that goes back to the strength and determination combo that he possesses. Unfortunately, he has had some injuries with a wrist injury along with two knee surgeries. His health, because of those things, is a minor concern going for going forward. Aside from health, though, He's not a great route runner as he doesn't make his cuts at sharp angles. He runs them out more and he doesn't have good speed. His long speed is adequate, especially for his size, but his quickness is not great and he has to work up to his highest gear. It takes him a bit. He's not somebody that can just go start stop and just hit one or two steps and he's up there in his speed already. His acceleration is very slow. It takes him a while. He's also not elusive and he won't make you miss. If he has good testing in the three cone and the 40, it would drastically improve his draft stock. And when I mean drastically, I mean like by two rounds drastically, because right now he might be like a between fourth and sixth round player. If he gets good scores in the three cone and 40, I would see him more as a third round or fourth round player. Um, my guess is that he has four six speed. If he can get the four into the four fives somehow, I don't think it's gonna happen. But if he can get into the four fives, that's Mike Evans territory, um, and that's pretty good. I think that's Devontae Adams territory territory too. Um, so yeah, that would be good speed for his size and the way he plays, and it would ease some of the concerns. Jawan would probably be a a best fit and most likely to get drafted to someone that needs a big physical receiver and an offense that already has speed. So unlike some of the other bigger receivers, such as T Higgins, he would need that speed complement on the other side more because he's just not nearly as fast. So that makes me think he would be a good late pick for the Buffalo Bills because of John Brown on the other side. And he still provides that big, body and big catch radius to help clean up some of the inaccurate throws of Josh Allen. He also fits the tough grinder mentality that Sean McDermott looks for, especially out there in Buffalo, in New York, where it's cold and they just have a sick defense and they always grind out their wins and their wins are ugly and low scoring and that kind of, that kind of play style, that is perfect for Jawan Jennings. He would thrive in that. So and I think his personality will go along with that great too. So I think that's somebody that they're going to be looking at, the Bills will, in the later rounds. Also, if A.J. Green leaves Cincinnati, they could use a big receiver to help the Boyd-Tate-Erickson combo that they got going. Um, and 
he could provide that big body to replace AJ. Not that he would be anywhere near the level of AJ, but just the size would help. And it just gives another option for Joe Burrow. And I have a NFL comparison for him, but you guys... Some people are going to take this like, oh, wow, so you really like him? Some people are going to think I hate him. But just like I think he would be a good fit in Buffalo, I find that there are two comparisons that work for for him, in my opinion. And one of them was somebody that Buffalo tried to to make work, and that's Calvin Benjamin. Jawan Jennings is big, not that fast, much like Calvin Benjamin was, especially later in his career as he got a little heavier. But he has that ability to get up and win jump balls and just pull balls from right in front of DB's hands just with his length and his physicality. And he can push people down, fight through tackles, much like Kelvin Benjamin. So yeah, there's a lot that reminds me of Kelvin Benjamin. But the guy I like even better as a comparison, or maybe not that, not um, specifically better, but pretty close, is Brandon Coleman. I just choose to headline my comparison with Kelvin Benjamin because I want to pick somebody that you know, people are more familiar with. And Brandon Coleman, a lot of people don't know him. He plays for the Saints. But he's also a bigger receiver that has probably a more similar career traje- trajectory that I would um, that I would project for Jawan Jennings because Brandon Coleman has been a solid contributor for some teams and has put up decent yards, but he's never been had a dominant season like Kelvin Benjamin did in his rookie year, I think it was. So I think Joan Jennings is very similar to both of those guys. His best season was this past season that ended in 13 games. He had 59 receptions, 969 yards, and nine touchdowns. One of those was rushing. So a pretty good season, especially coming out of Tennessee. And Tennessee has actually, if you look at their schedule, a lot of tough matchups. Um, don't quote me on this, but just thinking off the top of my head when I was going through him yesterday... Some of his matchups included like Oklahoma, Clemson. Like he has some, he has some of those. He has a lot of top ten college football teams that he has to match up against. So that's a pretty good stat line, especially considering he was hurt for a while with the knee surgeries and the wrist injury. So he had, didn't have much time to develop. He also um, earlier in his collegiate career got let go or released from the team, but then once they got a new head coach, he got brought back in by the new head coach. So there were a lot of obstacles that Joan Jennings had to overcome, and he did so, and he had a pretty good season this last season, and he built up some hype for him coming into the draft. He really helped himself out, and I think he would be a solid late-round flyer for anybody to take in the NFL draft. All right, guys, and that's it for the wide receivers today coming into the draft. We went over T. Higgins, Joan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, KJ Hamler, and Justin Jefferson. Um, also, before we leave, I just want to touch on something. I originally had my player comp, and I said this in the last podcast, for LaVisca Chanel as Michael Thomas. But, to be honest with you guys, I wanted to comp him to Corderell Patterson, but I was just... I had the mentality that if I did so, you guys would think I didn't like LaVisca, because Corderell has not been very successful in the NFL and I really like LaVisca but I'm just gonna do it I changed it in the article on the website already I'm comping him to Corderell Patterson there's a lot more that he reminds me of when it comes to Corderell Patterson and Patterson was a former first round pick don't forget that you know he had some hype coming out of college 
And LaVisca has done a lot of things Corderell has done. Um, he's ran from the Wildcat. He's taken carries, stuff like that. Michael Thomas is not really that type. Doesn't have those um, facets of his game. Not that he can't do it, but that's just not something that he does. And I think LaVisca is more on that Corderell Patterson um, type of play. Also with the speed, because Corderell was fast and LaVisca is pretty fast. So yeah, I just wanted to fix that up. If you guys see that on the website, just want to let you know that I do purpose. I did purposely change it to Corderell. I didn't misspeak on the last podcast. Those are both people I like to comp them to, but Corderell makes more sense. Anyways, thanks for listening. This is a good show. Quick, simple, got to the point. And don't forget to check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. Follow us on Instagram at deepdivefantasyfootball, on Twitter at deepdiveff. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Brandon, as in the city, Gabor, G-H-A-B-B-O-U-R. And that's it for today, divers. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of your day.